News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Macias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change that our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Today's conversation brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Actually, it's not brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. I'm just drinking Dunkin' Donuts coffee, and I don't want them to get in trouble because then some leftist political correct mob will come after them and try to cut their advertising and all that stuff. But anyways, they're not actually advertising. I'm just drinking Dunkin' Donuts and was too lazy to put this in a mug before I recorded. Um, Wow. Well, so I'm coming to you again on a Tuesday, and I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I keep on thinking maybe I should just move things to Tuesday. You know, maybe I should make like Tuesday the weekly Luke Messiah show, but I do really like uh, releasing episodes on Monday and kind of kicking off the week with them. So much is going on. And uh, even on Monday, I uh, really wanted to take the day to absorb some of the information coming in from all sorts of different directions and um, analyze and comprehend. And um, I'm sure a lot of you are getting a little tired of the emotional volatility of society. And it can be frustrating. It can be concerning. Um, it can cause you to really almost want to take a step back overall, <laughs> you know, uh, more and more when you see people around you, uh, you know, really lacking prudence and wisdom in the way they even process all the realities and the disgusting realities of the life around us. It just causes you to say, that's fine. I can, I can process this a different way. You know, I could process this somewhere else. I can, um, pull back you know, from my community and society as a whole. And uh, and I know I'm probably not the only one that feels that way sometimes. We have a lot going on right now. And it's during times of crisis and chaos that leaders emerge or a lack of leadership is revealed one way or the other. That's one positive thing that is going to come out of the crisis that we have been in is that Texans, I think, will get a front row seat to understanding whether the leaders they have in place are actually ready to lead and govern in times of crisis and chaos. And the times of crisis and chaos that we are in will require leaders to make decisions that everyone won't be okay with. It'll actually require our leaders to make decisions that everyone won't like at the time they're made. I talked about this with our governor. You know, one of the... uh, the safe thing for every single governor to do right now is to simply keep things shut down. I mean, that's just the truth. You can't, you're not going to expend too much political capital uh, if you keep things locked down. If you say 25% of businesses can open up, right? I mean, who's really going to get that upset at you? Republican primary voters? Yeah, probably. Longtime Republican activists? Uh-huh. But are they going to leave Are they going to not vote for the governor of Texas? Who knows? And I think our governor has done that calculation and he has decided, you know what? I think I have those people. I think those people will stick around. I think those people are scared enough of socialists that they'll stay with me regardless of whether I adhere and hold to the principles that our party believes in, whether I consistently apply the worldview that I have shared with them that I have. And that's regarding coronavirus and the government's 
heavy-handed ruling over the people. By the way, uh, my daughter is super excited because last night she informed me that the zoo is open. She actually showed me with her hands. If you're watching this on video, she said, Daddy, it was closed and now it's open. And she's very, very, very excited. So she's going to the San Antonio Zoo this week, which is um, uh, a huge joy for her. I did inform her a number of weeks ago that uh, the reason she couldn't go to the zoo was because King Abbott had decided that she could not go to the zoo. And uh, so she has mentioned him multiple times since then. But she actually calls him King Abbott now. She literally says, why won't King Abbott let me go to the zoo? Um, but it's really... That is the reality of, of where we're, the time we're in. Um, in fact, I was talking to a friend of mine who recently moved to Texas from the Washington, D.C., Virginia area, and they transplanted during this coronavirus stuff, just said, you know what, maybe we need to take a little break, move to the Austin area, and are just saying, hey, you know, we think we're going to stay here. And he was talking about how, well, we're glad we are not in Virginia because the governor there has just lost his mind. And I said, you know, the sad reality is that you honestly had to look across America and decide which king you wanted to be under because most governors are acting like kings right now, right? Um, they are acting like almighty executives that have no pushback from the uh, legislative branch. It's one reason why you have a number of legislators that recently came out uh, in in an event in an effort to just say, hey, can we please have a special session? Can we please bring the legislative branch into involvement within the Texas lawmaking process? Because our governor has essentially just decided that with the stroke of his pen, he can pass whatever laws he wants. And he can tell every single Texan where to live, what to eat, what to do. And, um, and it's not a good time <laughs> to be a Texan when you're under that kind of rule. In fact, it's the opposite of what we know to be Texas. So um, I'm going to talk about fi the financial situation that our state is in here uh, in a moment. But I do want to say that a number of legislators have really spoken up just recently. One of them was Senator Bob Hall. He actually sent a letter to the governor. Uh, one of the things that Governor Abbott has done is this contact tracing program where he took $300 million of our money, by the way. In fact, his office keeps saying that it was a federal grant. I don't think they understand that that means that it is debt on our grandchildren, right? And there's this, just this idea like, oh, this is not, it's not the state money, it's the federal money. And federal money is your money if you're a taxpayer listening to this. And state money is your money if you're a taxpayer listening to this. And local money is your money. And everyone does this. Local governments say, hey, this is a state grant so we can spend it. Whether irresponsibly or responsibly, at least we're spending it, right? And we do this with federal dollars all the time. In fact, Lawmakers will push things like the granny tax in Texas, um, which was surprisingly authored by Brian Hughes this last session, which really surprised me. But that program is largely put together. J.D. Sheffield was the state rep on the other side, which doesn't surprise me because he's a very uh, liberal Republican member of the Texas legislature. That program is set up to get more federal dollars for nursing homes. And in order to do so, it passes a tax on nursing homes because part of that tax will then bring down more federal dollars in an event to get more of your money as a taxpayer, that type of mindset is going to be very harmful to the long-term fiscal prudence of any government. Bob Hall sent a letter to Governor Abbott really talking about this contact tracing program, which is a $300 million boondoggle where we are going to track and trace Texans for the next two years regarding your contact with coronavirus. Think of that. 
Think of the absurdity of acting like that is necessary. For the next two years, we're going to spend $300 million tracking and tracing Texans' interaction with coronavirus. If one person gets coronavirus, we are going to ask for everybody they met in the last two weeks. We are going to call all of them. We are going to talk to all of them. We're going to see who they met, if they have any symptoms, what they're doing. There is no ability to bring in information and actually change the direction that we're going. Because once governors across this nation get in a herd mentality, they're going to go over the cliff, regardless of what new information comes their way. And uh, Senator Hall finally spoke out and, um, and sent the governor a letter saying, you've got to end this contact tracing program. In fact, he said contact tracing is technically wrong. Um, in fact, let me find those beginning of this. There's not never a right time or right way to do the wrong thing. In the COVID-19 scenario, contact tracing is technically wrong, financially wrong, and morally wrong. Um, it's, it's very clear that this type of program should have never been enacted under Republican leadership. And Republican governors are doing it all over the nation. And Texas is not standing out. Some people are more... Uh, happy because our governor is not as bad as other governors. And sometimes, unfortunately, nationwide, it seems like that's like being the tallest midget in the room. You know, uh, if everybody else is doing a horrific job, you doing a less horrific job is not leadership. And like I said, in times of crisis, you will see leaders emerge or a lack of leaders exist. And that's the real question. So Senator Bob Hall really finally uh, called the governor out and stood up and said, look, I'm going to make it clear that one, we shouldn't be spending this money. And two, it's a gross invasion of liberty. And that's what he told the governor in his letter to the governor. He said, no matter how much lipstick you put on this project, mass surveillance and data collection constitute a gross invasion of privacy and a trampling of individual liberty. This is evidenced by the behavior of local officials who have exercised excessive power during this crisis just because they are from the government. The amount of trust that some Republican leaders seem to still have in the government, even through this is astounding. It's remarkable. And it also shows a lack of prudence. It shows a lack of an ability to observe government behave and actually determine that that is not helpful to solving this crisis. And instead saying, no, what else could the government do? How else can the government protect you? How else can the government keep you uh, from harming yourself? I had breakfast at my favorite little breakfast joint in New Braunfels, which is now open because the king has decided that we can go have breakfast at these restaurants uh, as long as a certain amount of people are in there and stuff. And so I went in and and uh, the owner of this establishment, she's fantastic and she's an elderly woman, uh, somebody who would be considered vulnerable in this situation. And, and I said, you know, thank you so much for opening your establishment up and we're here to support you. And uh, she said, well, you know, I'm much less worried about the surviving of my business and then I am uh, the gross and concerning growth of government that I've witnessed happen over the last month. And she said, look, my bank account needs your help. So thank you for being here. But I'm really concerned with the fact that government has decided that it rules over all of society. Representative Tony Tinderholt joined um, the chorus uh, this week, and he has received a significant amount of praise since he came out, and he rightfully should. Uh, he wrote a letter to Governor Abbott stressing the importance of the governor doing an about-face. In fact, that's what he said, Governor, it's time to do an about-face. And if you haven't uh, gone, you just go to his Facebook page, uh, State Representative Tony Tinderholt. I'll put a link in the show to his piece and to 
Bob Hall's letter. Um, but you'll see there, uh, a, a, honestly, two pages of his communication to the governor saying, you've, you went the wrong direction with everybody else, and it's time to recognize the fact that government is not going to save everyone from this crisis and turn around. You know, I haven't even touched on all of the uh, tensions regarding all of these riots that have happened over the last several days. And honestly, it's on my mind a lot. I'm not going to talk about it a ton today, uh, mainly because I think every single person is talking about it. So I don't know that you really desperately need my insight into this situation. But I think it's clear that um, when a society is in an unhealthy, unstable situation, um, we don't know how to solve injustice. We don't know how to process injustice. In fact, what we've seen is that we often process injustice with more injustice, right? And that is the definition of revenge. It's an unjust act that begets an unjust act because stinks to be you. Because I feel like it. Some of that is a revelation of pain and hurt and woundedness and racial tensions that already exist in our nation. Some of it is even just a more revelation of the human heart. That if there is not redemption in place, riots will occur. And that's just the truth. Y'all remember my episode with Botham Jean uh, and his brother who <sighs> told <clears throat> the woman who killed his brother that I forgive you, the police officer. And uh, can you imagine what kind of message that would have sent? Do you realize potentially the healing that it helped and the riots that it prevented when Botham Jean's brother got up and said, I forgive you to Amber Geiger, the white police officer who shot his brother. When redemption is taken out of the equation, revenge seems like the natural, just reaction. And it's not, and it won't help us. Lastly, I want to talk about our financial crisis in the state. And this is really when leadership is revealed. So guys, we have a several hundred billion dollar budget. Just make it easy and say it's a $200 billion budget. That's the easiest way for you to think of it. It's not really, there's, you know. But let's just say we have a $200 billion budget. It's roughly... Uh, that size in the state, okay? Um, it just came out that in May, our tax collections were down 13%. In April, they were down a billion dollars, and they're continuing to fall. It's a major problem. And there are several conservative, fiscal conservative state representatives who have said, we need to stop spending money. I know Kyle Biederman has been one of those so our governor, lieutenant governor, and speaker came out and instructed a bunch of state agencies to cut their budget 5%. They said, we want you to immediately practice fiscal prudence, and we want you to put a plan together to cut 5% and put another plan together to cut another 5%, okay? 
And but here's the problem: they took the budget. So you'd think, okay, five percent of a two hundred billion dollar budget is ten billion dollars. That's a decent amount of savings. Our tax revenue was down a billion in April. It's down at least a billion, if not more, in May, and it's going to keep going. Okay, well, seeing that situation, maybe that gives us the runway we need. But that's not what they did, because then they said, okay, well, a bunch of these programs we're not cutting. So we're really only cutting like $32 billion in state spending, 5% of which is $1.6 billion. So instead of cutting 5% across the budget, we're going to cut 5% of this small portion of the budget, which is now $1.6 billion. And it's times of crisis and chaos that reveal the leadership that you have. You know, when this happened, I had a conversation with my wife and we said, we are going to stop spending money on X, Y, and Z. And we stopped. And I know a lot of you who said, hey, uh, we're going to cancel that membership. We're going to not spend money going there. We're going to try to get a refund for this thing that we bought. We're going to return that item that we were going to use in our house. We're going to be a little more responsible. And your state leaders could do something similar when it comes to the Texas budget, and they haven't. They've literally said less than 2% of the budget, less than 1% of the budget. Let's put a plan together to cut that. We haven't even immediately cut it. And there's another plan to cut another $2 $2 billion. And some conservatives have called this bold. I think TPPF put out a statement saying, this is a great step. It's not even a step. It's like a, it's like a, I don't know. It's like, you know, when your kid is there and you say, come to me and they take a teeny step. You might not know that. I did that growing up. That's pretty much my entire existence, which doesn't surprise any of you that know me. But I wasn't the one to like eagerly step towards my parents, right? You'd say, hey, take a step. And they go, they'd nudge a little bit. And uh, anybody who's applauding the cuts that Texas has currently made is like literally the kid like takes a teeny step to you and you're like, yay. No, keep coming, keep coming. And that's what we need to be. Taxpayers and, and the citizens need to be the parent that says, no, 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 keep coming. No, 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 that's barely anything. Walk toward me. Stop spending my money. Okay, I'm going to inch towards you. No, you've got a whole room to come. You're not even close. And I'm not going to applaud you until you start moving my direction. We need leaders. Guys, Texas is in need of leadership. And when it comes to tension the racial tensions that exist, we need redemption. God bless you and God bless your week. God bless Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messiah Show. If you value this content and want our message to spread, please consider three of the following steps. One, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on and leave us a review. Two, visit lukemessias.com and sign up for our email alerts. And three, follow Raz and I on Twitter and visit my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Luke Macias, Texas. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Luke Macias, Texas. Thank you so much.
and God bless. 